0: Hello everybody, welcome to yet another wonderful episode of Studio 7500. I am Greg Hull along with Jamie Brown. Hi there. And I, I will say before we get to our interview, you made it here on time despite the fact that it's raining. You know
1: what? There was no traffic today. People
0: I, get so freaked out.
1: I actually sat in my car and worked on a document that I was... While writing. you were driving? Yes,
0: while I was driving. Yeah,
1: I, I, there was no... I was surprised. I left a little early because I thought there'd be traffic. There's no traffic.
0: Yeah, so here we are. It doesn't rain much, but it, it was a little bit of drizzle today. Yeah, I think I, I was hoping is it almost would, out now. I was
1: hoping it was going to rain more, actually.
0: I think maybe next week. I but hope anyway. So. Um, this is our
1: seasons. Oh, I oh have a funny joke, if I can think of it, about seasons wait,
0: here. You said I have a funny joke, if I can think <laughs> about it. <laughs>
1: well, so it's about our seasons in LA. It, but it's, it was it, in the fall. We were having a hot fall day. It must have been like 90 degrees midday. And it, it was something like our, the four seasons in LA. It's like winter at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And it's spring at around ten o'clock. It's summer at about one o'clock. And then it's our it's our fall. Um, at about four or five. That's
0: about right. Yeah, right? Although you know it was like ninety-five on Sunday and today it's like fifty-two. Whoa.
1: Seasons. We have real seasons
0: here. Wow. So <laughs> anyway, we've got a great guest today. Yeah. Why don't you tell us, Jamie? All right. Introduce I, our I'll guest.
1: Introduce Daniel Huang. He is a communications major here. He is no, uh, he's not uh, not new to this whole podcast scene because, um, as I just mentioned, he's a communications major and he also has his own podcast on Woo Radio. So anyway, with that lead in, we just would like to welcome you, Daniel, to our show.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Thank, it. Thanks for being here. We, we um, just to give you a little bit of a uh, background, we ran into Daniel who was in the studio after us. And we're like, hey, come on our show. So that's how we, you know, we have a rigorous screening process.
1: (laughs) Well, he just seemed really outgoing. And I was like, oh, you know what? And then we talked for about three minutes about his background and thought it would be a really interesting story. It's, It's different than some of the others, but that's what we love to do on our show is bring in, Guests, students who have had all different experiences, so this is a this is going to be a good one. So we're looking forward to hearing about it, Daniel.
0: So Daniel, why don't you start from the beginning? Um, from the beginning. Did you did you grow up here in California?
2: Yeah, I actually was born in Los Angeles, but I lived in Glendale, California, until my kindergarten. When I started kindergarten, that's when I moved to Burbank, and then from that point on, I've been in Burbank all my life. So I'm a hometown kid.
0: So you, we always have to ask this. So you grew up in Burbank. Did you know Woodbury existed?
2: I had, I actually had no idea. I mean, my whole focus was just to obviously just listen to my parents and just kind of just do what they tell me to do. So I really had, I had no idea that this school was actually a school.
0: So while you, okay, where did you go to high school?
2: I went to Burbank High School.
0: Okay, and then you're going through a high school... And then it you, were you thinking about college right away? Is that what you wanted to do or how did that work out?
2: Yeah, most definitely. College was the first step for me, but I don't know, my I, it's kind of embarrassing to say but my grades weren't that great in high it's school. Not embarrassing.
0: But Jamie's I, grades were <laughs> terrible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I barely made it. <laughs> but
2: you know, obviously as in the Asian culture, it's uh, it's important that you do go to university and graduate. And, you know, I felt I kind of let my parents down because I was starting off at a junior college. But
0: okay, so where did, where was that?
2: I went to Glendale Community College. Okay.
0: Now, let's stop for a second because mm-hmm. I think that was, you said something interesting. Did you, so you felt like you were letting your parents down because you went to Glendale Community College. Did
1: was they, that did, true or was yeah. it just a
0: perception?
2: Um, no, it was because I mentioned Glendale College and then they kind of gave me that look of you know just oh I wish you would have you know gone straight to like a UC or Cal State Right. and then I told them no I'll, I'm going to transfer out in like two years which obviously didn't happen but at that point I think my parents just kind of like supported me all the way and they look kind of disappointed at me Aww. but but you know it's it's I went through it and it happens but uh, yeah at that point I kind of was like Oh, maybe I should have studied harder in high school.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. So I was definitely in high school, I was an underachiever. Mm -hmm. Um, And he still is. (laughs) There you go. Touche. Was that the deal? Like, what were you into in high school? So I actually
2: joined the football team my junior year. And I think that kind of overtook my life a little bit. And I kind of just focused sorely on football rather than academics itself. And I knew my grades were that improving anyways. So it was like, it was already at a bad timing anyways. So I knew if I, maybe if I didn't join the team, it would have been the opposite. But, you know, I my whole mentality was on sports and mm-hmm. not on academics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't turn things in on time. It was, my junior year was probably the worst year when it's the most important year. Right. And... It just, it was terrible. And, you know, my, obviously my parents saw my grades. They were very disappointed by that. And I think, yeah, I think it ultimately falls on yourself. You know, it's, it's your decision. It's how you go about it. So Mm I obviously made terrible decision and, you know, being here, looking back, I should have been like, I should have had the same mentality here. You know, in high
0: school. So. Well listen, Daniel, you know, so many people go through that experience yeah. and now is your time to redeem yourself. So yeah. let's continue where those stories are at, Glendale. Right. So you you go in there and you're like, oh, man, I really disappointed my parents. They wanted me to be at Stanford. And here I am. (laughs) So what did you do? How did the the redemption of Daniel? like That didn't happen right away. Did it happen now? Like what happened? Tell us what's next. It's a good story. I went in with this mindset of, all right,
2: I'm going to work hard and transfer to USC. That was my dream school, USC.
0: Okay, and you so you're thinking of just, you don't know what you want to major in, you're just doing general education. Oh, it, no,
2: it was still communications. Okay. It was oh, still yes. communications. Okay. So I didn't, I, that was never a, a change of plan, but USC okay. was my dream school. Okay. And it just got worse. Um, my first two years there, I just kind of sunk again. Right. But it was a slightly a bit better than my high school year, but it still wasn't enough. And... Uh, I don't know. It was, it was rough. You know, I just went through a lot of personal stuff during that time too. So I wasn't able to focus on my academics, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with personal issues. So it was hard to manage, but you know, you know, as a college student, you kind of have your own decisions to make. So, right. you know, I just lacked focus on academics and my grades are falling and that led me to staying at GC for like another like four years. Okay. It just.
1: But you never gave up. I mean, I think I, you, you're, I, I know you're not, well, you sound like you're super hard on yourself. And that makes me sad as a parent (laughs) to see you like that. But were your, I guess, like, do you have siblings?
2: No, myself.
1: Okay. So you had, your parents were like, we are just betting on our one son to do amazing things. Pretty much. And so you felt a lot of pressure, clearly. But you also, I'm wondering if you sort of rebelled in a way. Like, in a weird way.
2: Um, internally, I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't show it externally, but internally, I definitely had rage inside. And mm-hmm. um, it felt like I was fighting my own alter ego mm-hmm. constantly. And uh, it just, uh, it was kind of hard to express because I don't really say this as much, but our, like, relationship between my parents mm-hmm. is not really too personal. Mm-hmm. We don't really talk much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, which is
1: in the culture right no oh no that's not Asian culture
2: well like very they're all inclusive you know it's uh everybody like kind of like it's just for me it's just we didn't we don't really have that interpersonal relationship
0: it's more like transactional
2: yeah it's it feels more of acquaintance just kind of mm-hmm. like you know when you see them say hi bye mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. how's your day and that kind of, and we kind of just separate into our own little bubble mm-hmm. so we just really don't it's still to this day we don't really talk much mm-hmm. you know it's it's always been like that and uh, you know it's kind of hard to tell my parents show affection to my parents because I actually was raised by my grandmother a lot more mm-hmm. like I would visit her every weekend because my parents worked every day and stuff mm-hmm. so they didn't they didn't really have the time to you know kind of, we, we never planned like family trips you know we the only thing I can re- encounter is like my fifth grade like we, we went to Utah for a snowboarding trip mm-hmm. but that was it
0: mm mm-hmm. What did uh, what do your parents do?
2: Uh, so my mom currently owns a clothing store in Hollywood, mm-hmm. a uh, women's clothing store mm-hmm. in Hollywood on Melrose, and my dad's a car insurance company in K Town. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So they're hardworking, and they yeah. were like, "Okay, well, get your act together." <laughs> yeah,
2: it's. I was disciplined a lot. Um, I can't forget that. Uh, it's they, but I I gotta give thanks to my parents. It's. If it wasn't like all the strict rules and like the discipline, I probably wouldn't have been in this position.
1: Right. So let's move on. So you're at Glendale Community College and you graduate. And then so where do you go from there? What what, what was the turning point?
2: So it was the beginning of 2017. And that's when I, because at that time I was 22 years old and I was going to turn 23 soon. And then I still hadn't transferred. And I kept talking about transferring, transferring, but it never happened.
0: Now, did you have, did you get an associate's degree from Grando? I, I didn't. Okay, but you had a, a good number of credits. credits. Yeah. Okay. And
2: and obviously looking at my grade and then I was like, all right, USC is like a dream. Like it's gone. And then and then I found UNLV because mm-hmm. at that point I, I just wanted to leave California. Mm-hmm. I just want to get out of the mm-hmm. home. You know, right. explore, explores, go somewhere else. And That's then...
1: University of Las Vegas. Right. No.
0: <coughs> Nevada, no. Las Vegas. Neve- okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Got it. Now by the way, um why are you in L V?
2: It's just i never been to Vegas before.
1: <laughs> I, at
0: that, I, I've never been
1: I'm so. only laughing Because I'm thinking In college You're thinking Vegas And then you're like Okay I'm going to university But they're totally separate I, You
0: know I actually wonder How many kids Who are like 20 years old Are like Vegas. UNLV That sounds good <laughs> right. not, It's like everyone Who applies to like The University of Hawaii Oh yeah <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so so you're thinking? Were you literally like, I don't know anything about this school, but it sounds Vegas sounds good? Or no,
2: what? I, I looked into their program, like their commu- I know their hotel management, their you know profession is there, but I saw communications there, you know, and I it, that had to do with it, but also just you know going leaving home was the other sure. factor. So, and I. And I looked research a bit more and they had a pretty good program there, so I trusted that and you know that's when I entered UNLV in fall of twenty seventeen.
0: So you apply, you get accepted. Then you're thinking, Wow, my life's gonna change quite a bit, All
2: right? Yeah. Um, that's once I got accepted I was in tears of joy. I was like, oh, Yes, this is it. I can leave the house. You know, it's my own time now. And things went sour
1: (laughs) well
0: it's a huge school right a lot of students I don't know how many I don't know if you know tens of thousands right so it was different but a lot different right Mm -hmm. very different why Um, do you
1: think things went sour
2: it just wasn't the scene like just not only there was like nothing there to do like the outskirts of you know the strip but it just I knew I was entering, like, a party school. That was for sure. And then I'm not that type of person. And, you know, just, I felt, de- I was depressed there. Like, really depressed. I made a couple of friends, but that was it. But it just wasn't the right fit. My grades weren't great. I, I, it became, like, deja vu again. You know, like, I was like, oh, no. Like, I'm going down this route again. Mm. But, and I just went through it, and then, I just couldn't deal with that school like just I just couldn't plus not only the school but my apartment like my housing was just absolutely terrible Mm. it just the management wasn't on their right mind like I don't know if like if it had to do with like the room I was in but everything was like broken in my room Mm. like (laughs) I entered and they were fixing the curtains when they should have been fixed already. Right. They, they were bringing in couches when the couches should have been there. Mm-hmm. The guy who is in charge of, you know, the technical stuff, he's like, yo, I can't fix your, your sink because it's, you know, I, I'm like, how can you not? Fi- You're the plumber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my sink was leaking. Mm. And the door to my, I have two locks, but the main one was broken. And they never fixed that.
1: Oh, Okay. Like just. And it, you were in the dorms, right? It wasn't. It
0: was like off the off campus.
1: Off campus. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it was kind of an inauspicious beginning to your uh, time at UNLV. Um, so you were there for a semester. Just a semester. So
1: what? What was your the lesson learned? Of, you know, thinking that I'm just going to pick up and go to a new state and I'm going to start a new. You know, I mean. I guess I, uh, maybe I'm, le- I'm le- uh, giving you a lead-in question because mm-hmm. I kind of think I know what my answer would be and what I right. tell my kids, but yeah. what, what what did you learn from that?
2: Uh, just be thankful, oh. <laughs> just be appreciative, Um, just make the right decision. Even if you think it might be a right decision, you don't know for sure if you actually been there. And that's what happened with, I've never been there, so, yeah. and I assume that everything's gonna be nice, you know, colorful, and I go, and it's turned out to be a nightmare.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's also it's okay to make you know to change your direction that is okay i mean just it's a different day and age for i think students now and it's hard to know you know what you want to do so early on and and there's so many different choices Mm -hmm. almost too many choices so if something doesn't work out in the beginning you you can change your course it's fine Mm -hmm. you know you have time so I mean, I so I'm I'm actually impressed that you were able to realize that in one semester, yeah. and then say, you know what? Even though I feel like I haven't done what I'm supposed to have done, I it's okay. Let's right. change paths. Yeah. So, what did you end up doing?
2: So, but if I had to say like one good thing about there was. I learned how to do laundry by myself, Ah. cook by myself, so I, you know, just... Those are life skills. Yeah, so that actually helped me. You were living
1: at home before? Yeah. Okay, so this was your first time away.
2: So it was like an eye-opener, learning (laughs) how to do things by myself. So that helped me, but once I came back from home for winter break... That's when it just I said I can't go back. Yeah. I just cannot go back. So
0: yeah. you you would plan to go back. You yeah. registered, you were uh-huh. everything. And I actually think that happens quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But then you get home and you're like not doing it. Nope. <laughs> I I just like No, I got to ask Daniel. Mm-hmm. What did your parents say? Oh, they were
2: shocked. They were they were fairly shocked, especially my mom. She's like, "Wait, what's going on? You have a week before you have to go back to Vegas. Like, why now? And I just told her, you know, like I mentioned, you know, it's, it's hard to tell stuff to my parents, but I had to at this point, like yeah. this one, I cannot hide away. And I said, look, I, I can't go back to that school. It just wasn't the right scene for me. Like, m- like the way I performed there, it just, I didn't envision, envision it that way. Mm-hmm. And I told them like straight, up, I was like, I can't go back. Like, and they were like, what are you going to do? I'm like, you know, I'm going to apply to Woodbury. So,
0: Let me just start by saying that takes a lot of courage. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would have just said, you know what? I've already disappointed my parents. They're upset. I'm just going to go and try to work my way through it. But you were like, nope, it's not the right scene. Not doing it. And you stood up and you did that. That's great. You immediately decided you wanted to go to Woodbury or were you like, let me just explore my options?
2: No, this was... The number two option, because obviously number one was USC, Mm. but I knew, but I never knew the school had a communications program. I had no idea until I researched it, like, literally one day before, like, during the spring, uh, winter break, and I saw that they did have a communication program, so I was like, oh, this is it, this is it. And then, so the week before I had to go back to Vegas, you know, I literally called the school and then... I had to get all my um, transcripts transcript every, from my high school back from you and
0: back from GC. Did you
1: come to Discover Woodbury by chance? <laughs> I don't think there
0: was time. There uh-huh. wasn't time.
1: Yeah, there was Discover Woodbury in January. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you didn't. But, so, like, I
2: got all uh-huh. my transcripts in, like, right away. And then I called back, and then I sent it to them. And then, you know, from that that same, very same day, that's when I got into the school. What year was that? This was... 2017. This has been January, Spring, right. spring of uh, yeah, January of 2018. Oh, oh okay.
1: 2018. Yeah. Okay,
0: we are here. Yeah. I <laughs> think. Yeah, anyway, yeah, you are. Um, it's not about me, Jamie.
1: So <laughs> I said 20.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not about Okay, it. so then you didn't really know anything about Woodbury. Not really. Just um, just on the surface, though, because I've been I got a tour here. What do you think of the website? <laughs> <I'm just laughs> no, no. Let's not get into that. Um. Okay, so you get accepted, and you pretty much had to start, like, right away, right? Yeah, so
2: I should have started, right? But then, like, the financial aid didn't come in time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because it was, like, literally a week before school started here. So I was like, all right, I'll just defer my application to the fall semester. Mm -hmm. So I actually went to GCC for one more semester Mm, just to get, like, an extra extra classes just so I can transfer it over and then...
0: But at that, least now you knew where you were going. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so that you had a more positive experience, probably. Yeah. Like experience. the moment I got accepted, I was
2: like, all right, my mentality is now. All right, let's focus. Like, because at that point, mm-hmm. my goal is, all right, I need to graduate because I'm almost turning 24 at that point. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I need to graduate. How many
0: credits did you have when you got here?
2: Uh, 57.
0: So that's like you need what 120. 20, yeah. 120. Yeah. So, you know, almost half. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are, so, are you living at home again? Yeah. Which see, it's not that bad mm-hmm. after being on your own. For it's a little bit. it's
2: not. It, it really <laughs> isn't. um As much as you know, there was a lot of conflicts, like verbal conflict between my parents. You know, obviously, that didn't li- that didn't li- that didn't get to me. You know, I told my parents, you know, I'm gonna like straight up swear hard at this point. Yeah. Like, nice. It's like my goal is to graduate to get because. I'll be the first one in my family to get a degree. Mm. So it's a this is gonna be a big thing for me. So uh at that point I was like, all right, my focus is sorely on academics. Just don't even like think about anything. Else. It's academics. That's right.
0: it.
1: Wow. And so okay, so now it's you're here this is your second year here. Then are you gra- well, graduating? Well I'm let's sorry. actually just yeah.
0: con- so you enter Woodbury in okay. fall. In fall twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, so August twenty eighteen um and then like what was your perception what did it feel like to be here like what were the positives or the negatives
2: um i was ready to go um once i got my classes in um i was like all right at that point it's you know time to time to work hard and uh at that point i just focused just sorely on my academic i didn't really talk to anybody at that point like i was everybody knows me because i'm in the library because <laughs> nobody knows me because i don't go out like a right. lot so I'm always hunched up in the library so I'm like oh like I know you from the library I don't know you from the library so it's like everybody knows me because I'm in the library mm-hmm. so the library guy yeah literally like that's literally like my home in there mm-hmm. so it's like I'm so, always in there
1: so nice in there yeah I'm like
2: it. I get everything done just that place really kind of like helped me get settled in and just you know at that point I don't really talk to anyone besides my classmates but uh it was either school like, you know, sleep, school. It's literally just mm-hmm. the same thing over and over, nothing different.
0: How are you finding the classes that you're taking here in the communication program?
2: Oh, uh, it's really helpful. Uh, I'd say it's a 100 times better than UNLV. Really? Oh, it's like, like... Now I understand why, like, they don't mention communications program at (laughs) UNLV.
0: Well, tell us, break it down for Mm -hmm. us. Like, what is it about the the courses and what you're doing in the program here that makes it better?
2: Yeah, first, I think it's the classroom size.
0: Mm. I think
2: it's that kind of the inclusiveness of like 20 students maximum. It just really, it's kind of like that one-to-one conversation with the professor as opposed to a public university. It's like you have 70 students in a class and they don't have time to deal with one student, you know. So I think that was that played a huge factor. That that really kind of like elevated my you know, studying mode mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. further because I knew all the resources were here and it's up to me to complete that and meet them halfway. So I used, you know, all the resources I can and you know, being able to go to the professor's office whenever I could, you know, to get my papers edited or to get some feedback and that really helped me, you know, and Do you
0: think being in a smaller school like this sort of puts the spotlight on you a little bit more? So you, like, feel the pressure to, like, I can't be the guy, the anonymous, like, one of those A
2: hundred percent. And I think that also deals with how much you're paying to go to the school. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And also the scholarship that they're giving me. Mm -hmm. So it almost, I have to make my, I have to, you know, pay dividends, meet them halfway. And to just know that I'm privileged to be here. It's a private university, you know, it's... You know as much as people want to say oh like oh, usc uh, you know like ucla like that kinds of stuff but for me personally like once i got here and i knew the amount of pressure that was on me because you know i'm like one of the older students here so i kind of have to like take that stance of you know just working really hard and kind of like being that role model right you know and just to not fool around because you know i'm not a I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm 25. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm. now it's like my my mentality is just straight up just work hard. Well, right. It's That's such
1: it. a journey for you to, to find Woodbury. Yeah. And you, it's your, I mean, maybe it's timing and it's just a good fit. Yeah. It sounds like in terms of your maturity level yeah. and also the school size and the school being a good fit for you. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I would, like, the way you're seeing me now i i was not like that like figures back like mm-hmm. this is a new side of me like mm. it just it changed i think once i got to the school it just my whole personality just changed like 180 it just mm. i don't know what it is but i think again like you mentioned that pressure that's added on me i think that really you know triggered me to just study really hard and just only focus on and i think there That's where the concerns come in a little bit because, you know, people are telling me, "Yo, you need to take some breaks in between, like, Mm -hmm. you're like overworking yourself. And for me, it's like, that doesn't really matter because if I start taking breaks, then I feel like I'm not doing something productive because I get like this feeling of like, if I'm taking a break, oh man. There's other people that might be finishing up their stuff. Right. Like <laughs> I need to get
0: back out to my competitive. work. I yeah. think that's how Jamie is,
1: actually. <laughs> You're funny. Like,
0: it's four AM and I'm answering your <laughs> an email. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: Um what was I gonna say? So it, the communications program yeah. is there um what classes stood out for um, the Professor?
2: I think a lot of the film classes I'm taking You know, as much as people say, "Oh, it's a film class." You don't even watch film. No, it's not that. You're you're bound to do work there. You watch a film, you critically analyze it, and people might say, "Oh, that's you're just no." There's more stuff that goes into it, and Mm -hmm. it's not easy. And you know, all this, even if it's classes, I'll be honest. Even if it's classes that I had to retake, that you know, it's like a GE class. Mm -hmm. I approach it as if I'm gonna learn something new. You know, like I took an environmental studies class in the summer and I was, I went, I was like, oh, man, I hate science. <laughs> but I took it as if, you know, I'm going to learn something new because I might not be able to get the opportunity to come back to the school after I graduate. So right. I might as well make the use of it. And, you know, you're paying money for these classes. So might yeah. as well just take advantage of it and just get some studying out of it and learn something new, even if it's something you don't want to learn about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Learn yeah. one thing or two. Maybe it might help you in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's just how I approach every class, even if it's something I, I might not have interest in.
0: Now, it sounds like, I mean, to me, that's a much more mature <laughs> attitude than, than you know, a lot of people might have. So do you think this transformation that you're talking about has to do with just being more mature now as you age?
2: I I think, I think definitely think so. It's, um, like I said, I was never like this. So people are like, dude, Daniel, you changed a lot. I'm mm. like, I had to. Like, I needed, like, and I also think this is kind of, but it's also my lifestyle choice. I mean, so, like, my vegan diet. Oh, okay. I think that also played a factor into. Well, let's
0: talk about that. (laughs) When
2: did that happen? So, that actually happened middle of 2017. So, before I transferred to Mm -hmm. UNLV. Because I actually went through a lot of health problems, physical mm-hmm. health problems. Like, it, w- I was overweight. I was, like, 230 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Look yeah, at you now. Was, He's,
1: like, Mr. Lean Machine.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I was, like, <laughs> 230, and I was I was on medication for high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, the doctor prescribed me, like, double the recommended dose. Okay, doses. how
1: much do you weigh now so our listeners know how um, what we're talking about here? It, <laughs> Huge transformation. It's
2: always changing, but... Average like 155.
1: Oh my gosh,
2: that's amazing! Yeah, yeah. did um, you
1: exercise too, or was it just like
2: at home exercise and also cutting down the amount of portions I eat? Yeah, wow. So, I don't <laughs> this is crazy, but I don't eat anything that has a lot of sodium, so that's one of the reasons why I uh went through these health problems is because mm. the amount of sodium I consume daily and it mm. that yeah. Really hurt me, and uh, my it definitely parents it affects your blood pressure, it does. And what I ate is how I portrayed myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm. just going, th- I actually landed in the emergency room once, mm. yeah. So, so this wow. was so it was like 2016, the summer of 2016. Like, I went home, I was about to take a shower, all of a sudden, my left arm started going numb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was panicking, I was like, this can't be it, no, mm-hmm. like.
1: Is that a sign of a heart attack? Uh, heart? Yeah. yeah. So,
2: I started like crying in tears, and my and my parents were like, "What's going on?" And you know how like Asian dads are—they tell you to kind of like suck it up. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> you're like, "This I can't suck up." My
2: my dad was like getting angry. He was like, oh, "Like he's always complaining. He's always..." And then my mom was like, "Do you want me to call nine one one or something?" Um. And I was I'm just there, like frozen like in mm. shock because like I'm just like feeling this weird sensation, and then I was gonna call nine one one on the spot but I kind of just waited it out, and I went to my doctors that next morning, and I told them, my he's like, yeah, there's a emergency hospital, like, near us. And it was St. Vincent Hospital in mm-hmm. LA, and then I went there. I took all the tests on like a CT scan, MRI scan on my brain, EKG, everything done. Everything came back normal, so that was a good sign, and he's like, like, have you ever, he's like, do you ever get your back checked out? Because I have back issues, and he's like, it could be like you have like a pinched nerve or something like that that could have caused it. But um, luckily it wasn't, you know, anything like related to like my heart or anything like that. So that's when I, that's when I was It was a wake up call. It was a huge wake up call. And I looked myself in the mirror. I'm like, yo, you got to change. You got to do something about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's interesting and it's kind of reflects the control you also took over your um, Academics. academics. Yeah. So it's kind of, maybe that's, kind of what helps. Wow. Definitely. Trigger that. Uh, yeah, that's great. Congratulations. Thank that's you. really good. I want to kind of talk a little bit about what your goals are professionally. Mm-hmm. So, have you done internships yet uh um, here? So, not yet, but I just
2: applied for an internship to a Universal Music Group. Ooh. Oh. Oh, cuz my friend, he knows someone who's working as a sound engineer. So, mm-hmm. so he's he has he told me he's like, yeah, there's a vacate a spot that's open if, you, if you're if you interested. I said, for sure, let me send my resume, like, right away, and I hopefully I get back with, you know, a pass. Nice. And so that's great. And the other place I'm looking at is Power 106, you know, iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. So
1: what what is your career as- aspiration?
2: Um, My ultimate dream is to really just open up a, ra- a radio station of my own.
1: And be on air?
2: Yeah. That's okay. my—I really want to be, like, one of those MCs, like, you know, like, Ryan Seacrest like those like that's where my goal is and also with, with the show I'm doing like Korean hip-hop but Yeah, let's that, talk about that yeah like, that's what I'm generally most trying to get at is to expose it to the Western market because it's like k-pop is so huge but Korean hip-hop has been in the shadows of yeah me. let's yeah, break that
0: down yeah. so Korean hip-hop is your what you your show yeah. here is about mm-hmm. talk about that and talk about your show so pretty much
2: each week I break down different record labels and like the artists that are signed there and I just kind of like briefly talk about who they are you know how they made it to where they're at and the songs that they put out and why it's so popular and obviously since every song is in Korean I also prepare with like English translations of what they're saying so that people like are more interested because mm-hmm. right. obviously if it's in foreign language they're not gonna get really interested but if you actually tell them what, the what their meanings are, are then mm-hmm. who knows? They might be interested. So.
1: So what's the format of your show?
2: Um. So one record label per week. I break down, maybe like five artists, like three songs from each artist, and then just. That's pretty much and it. And you play
1: the song. And, yeah. Okay, we'll have to listen.
0: Are there any? What
1: time is it? Sorry, we we're gonna.
0: Like the. <laughs> what do you mean? What by
1: time what? does it air? Or yeah. It's it, at
0: six
2: p.m.
1: 6 pm weekly on Wednesdays.
0: So, are there any uh Korean hip hop artists who have broken through in the US? Um, not really. Mm. Like so it's not like
2: unlike no, K-pop which no. is like this like they're almost they're like almost there, but they haven't really broken through. Mm-hmm. They're on the verge, but it's not like fully. Right. So,
0: unlike K-pop where they're like smashing yeah, everything. Yeah, it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. It is
0: um great well that's really uh, that's exciting so how long have you have you always been into uh hip-hop and korean hip-hop and yeah so
2: again like
0: i grew up listening to american hip-hop mostly
2: Mm -hmm. like actually like my elementary days. My first album that I got was Eminem's Real Slim Shady, and my mom's like, "Daniel, I'll get you this album, but just don't cuss." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Okay." That's a good choice. Yeah. I so, that one. so from that point on, I just listened to American hip hop. But then recently, again, once I got to the school, I started listening to Korean hip hop more. Oh. Yeah. Oh, funny. It's like everything. When I got to the school, everything just changed. Huh. Yeah. So my music taste changed rapidly and. I started to appreciate my country's yeah. You know, music more and, and I've been hooked on to ever since and which led me to
0: doing these type of shows. So, do you get to do you ever go back to Korea?
2: I've never been there. Oh, really? <laughs> no. I've never been there.
0: I, do you, but do you have relatives there?
2: Yeah. So, like my goal is right after I graduate, first thing I'm doing is booking a plane ticket to Korea I'm going to travel like that's the first thing I'm doing like I need a I need a break the first thing I'm doing is taking a trip to Korea
1: when did your parents come here
2: um both of them came here in the 80s so my dad actually started as a car salesman in the in the 80s Mm -hmm. and then my mom worked at like this pop culture store Mm -hmm. where they sold like anime you know like dolls Mm kind of like what like anime fans would love you mm-hmm. know just kind of like toys and just kind of like that pop culture stuff so she, she was like an employee there so that, that's kind of how they started
1: and i have to ask about your grandmother is mm-hmm. she still in the area
2: yeah um, nice she lives in the valley um she kind of is like my mom
1: and you're close to her yeah um beautiful
2: i have like m- the most memories of her so it's and it's kind of like I'm not trying to, like, bash on my parents or anything like that. But.
1: <laughs> they, oh, of course. Oh, they're not going to hear us <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but,
2: like, if people ask me, like, you know, it's, it's most of them is with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a lot of events, activities with my grandparents. So they
0: they were kind of like...
1: And your grandfather? Yeah. Oh, nice.
0: You know, I love your your story. I mean, I think it's that could have been any one of... Not Jamie, <laughs> but, like, it certainly sounds a little bit like my s- story and... You know, I mean, this is what happens, yeah, you know, it, it and is. It, it's really exciting and and great that you've reached this, you know, sense of like, you, you know where you are, you know where you're going, you know, you're laser focused. I think that's great. And I think, um, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's wondering like, you know, where should I go to college? Should I go to college? You know, I think your story can speak to them, so... We th- appreciate you you coming on and telling it. Thank you. I think it's I think for me, it, it's just
2: kind of like reflecting. I think that's the most important, just reflecting and just really understanding where you want to go or what you want to do and just sticking to that, I think. Because most people I think a lot of times they just kind of say what they want to do and they don't really chase it. And right. And, and I know it's kind of like, it's not the place for me to say that but at the same time, it's like, for me at least, like I chose what I want to do and I stuck to that and I know what it takes to c- climb there so i just put my even if it has to do some sacrificing or going through a lot of struggles i'll take it you know as long as i'll be able to reach my goal and just uh, continue to work hard and just stay focused i think be prepared for anything so
0: yeah, yeah.
1: love it well thank you so much for joining us <laughs> thank you, have you for a very inspirational <laughs> story yeah, we
0: appreciate it a lot good luck with the show good luck with everything thank else you. yeah